Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast with, as always, is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. I first met today's guest, I believe, at Top of the World 4 in uh, the year 2016. He was uh, helping out a band called Misty Plum that played up on the rooftop. Um, I saw him in the corner, and I saw him like with the tambourine, but then I started seeing his music online, and I started taking interest in his his artistic direction and his music videos and everything that he's coming out with and he has a very unique voice the voice to me sounds very um it's like i've heard it before in like a distant world or something like that and it's like familiar it's inventive creative um for a while now we've been trying to get him on the show he is going to be a part of the next top of the world seven which will be in june 2018 with that being said please welcome mr jack hubble to the show thanks for having me no problem man so like you're from Virginia, right? So, like, how did you get up here? Um, well, there's not much music in Virginia. It's not much music happening, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, D.C. is a decent scene, mm-hmm. but I was always impressed with Philly when I came to visit. Um, so, and I had some friends up here, and rent's cheap. I guess mm-hmm. that was my primary reason, just rent. How did you, how did you meet, the, like, like, you knew Token? Like, uh, how did you mean? Well, I met Dave at a uh, Tame Impala concert mm-hmm. in, like, 2012 or 2013, and we just stayed in touch. Oh, that's and cool. And I would come to Philly, and we'd, you know, crash on his couch or something. That's so, a shady monk out there, ladies and gentlemen, for the people uh, listening. Who's uh, featured, I think, on a couple of my tracks and doing some remixes. Mm-hmm. So He does, like, keys and stuff like that? Yeah. Well, he, he lives in the same house, so it's pretty easy to... Yeah, the Fed House, the right? Hallway. I actually did a podcast once at the Fed House. I oh, really? For, uh, for Misty Plum, like, right before, so I got a chance to, like, see the living room where, like, all the musical instruments and stuff are set up. It's a mess, yeah. There's nothing wrong with... I think sometimes, like, you have to have a mess to actually create something, you know what I mean? True. Like, I don't think you've ever... I don't know, some stuff comes out too polished, but... So that's exciting. So, like, all these, like, you know, these albums that... Like, you brought me two CDs, um, Len Claire, which I guess is from 2016, and then the new one. The new one, um, I mean, like, I, I've heard a couple tracks off of that. You, you make the videos yourself, which I think is awesome because it's, it's kind of fun. Because people, you know, like... True. It, the one thing I've noticed about, like, Facebook is, like, people won't click on, like, a like a YouTube, if you directly upload it for some reason, it's less yeah. time for them to click. And it's very weird how we're consuming music now, but, like... It is weird. <laughs> I have uh, two bands. My other band, Pocket Dial, like I said to the guy that I'm in... That's how you guys play at uh, yeah. the World, yeah. I said to him, I was like, look, if we're ever going to put out music again, we're just going to put out videos. There's no point yeah. in... You know what I mean? Like, it's sad to say, because I'm such a collector myself of music, and I still like buying the CD and stuff like that, but... Mm-hmm. There's something about the aesthetic of like when the video comes out. Like uh, yeah. you listen to Beck, right? Yeah. Like, years ago, I think he was the first one to do it for every track on his album. For uh, I think it was the information. Album. Okay. And it's like he just did it in his living room yeah. and like used the green screen and he just like went to town with it. But um, where do you find your like where do you find your inspiration from when oh, you write well, your songs and stuff like that? Well, with songs, it's a bit different than video. I think. Well, with the song but, direction, because it's very unique. It's, it has like almost like a. I mean, I don't want to say folk, because, like, folk, you kind of get, like, put into, like, a certain corner, but it has, yeah. like, that, like, that, like, Americana sound to it, in a way, you know? Like, yeah. it sounds like, like, I only met you now twice, but it sounds like I've been listening to you for years, you know what I mean? That's so, cool. That's really cool. I, I, that's a huge compliment. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, folk is cool. I I was in several folk bands, mm-hmm. that's kind of all that's popular in Virginia. You, know, mm-hmm. you can make more money playing... Whereabouts in Virginia? Um, Alexandria, so okay. basically D.C., mm-hmm. so... Um, yeah, I was in a couple of folk bands, but uh, I don't know. I don't know why that. I guess that just bleeds into my music somehow. Cause it's not really just like an like, intentional yeah. aesthetic or anything. What's the, let's talk um, about that for a second. Do you think that that actually has a lot to do with like how a musician crafts his music, is like the area and surroundings he's in? Um, I'm not entirely sure. I think the yeah, kind right? of music that you listen to and that and 
specifically like what you what you enjoy out of the music you listen to, mm-hmm. like what elements of music. I, I like you know I like lyrics. I like strong melodies. Mm-hmm. Um, so who do you like to listen to? Who's above like your production, um, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I was into a you know like Tame Impala, Oxygen, yeah. and stuff for a long time. Um, I'm finally kind of taking a break from indie rock and mm-hmm. um, sort of revisiting a lot of stuff I listened to as a kid that I sort of skimmed over, like a lot of jazz stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of John Coltrane stuff, mm-hmm. and just trying to make music that's a bit more spastic and just less, I don't know, white guy with an acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, I've been into Deerhoof a lot, like lately. Mm-hmm. I've listened to a lot of them. Um, Deerhoof? Deer Hoof? Not Deer Tick, Deer Hoof. I've never heard Deer Hoof. Yeah. I'll have to check them out. Not to be confused with Deer Hunter. Which There's is so many deer, right? Bands. There's so many. Uh, Deers are very hip right now. Deers yeah, why are deer so hip? Foxes for some reason. Yeah, a lot foxes, of foxes too. Why is foxes? Fox, Fleet Fox, like all the. Foxing, these. Fleet Foxes, yeah. So what do you. But with like deers, like. Um, what is it about a deer? Is it just because they're like untouchable? Like you can't walk up to them? And, like, yes, or you see them a lot and they cross your path when you're uh-huh. driving around PA. <laughs> So yeah, like I guess geographical location, stuff like that. But stuff I mean, like, like that. influence. Um, but as a singer-songwriter, I guess it's really it's all about like where you're at during that moment, really. Right? Yeah, well, I mean, I write a lot of songs about specific things that happen to me mm-hmm. and like specific you know situations. Mm-hmm. I, I try not to be super like you know overly vague or anything. Mm-hmm. And be you know too poetic or mm-hmm. intentionally poetic. I think so it's, it's like auto. Biography, like a like an autobiography of like your life through your uh, to some to some degree mm-hmm. or just change it around a little bit. Little stupid situations that happen, you know, mm-hmm. like you get stuck at a gas station somewhere and then you have like a you know, shitty day or something mm-hmm. and then you exaggerate certain elements and make a song out of it, kind of. Thing. Sometimes it's so. great to find inspiration in moments like that where it's you know like yeah. to what other people would be considered like a mundane moment, like being stuck at a gas station could have. <laughs> like I find like sometimes those memories stick out more to me than the ones that really should. I mean, yeah, you can find any weird circumstance somewhat poetic or True. just a certain element of it. So you All right, can, so let's yeah. pick one off the new album. You tell me where, oh. where you were uh, at that time. So let's see. Uh, let me think of a good one. No, 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 let me just pick one. So that way it's like roulette. It's like roulette. If you tell me, the, if, you say, if you say, yeah, there's a good story, then we'll go with it. If not, we'll move <laughs> okay. on. What about Kill Your Scene? Uh, that one is uh, filler, actually. It's not on the official release. A New Direction. Camp. That one as well. Uh, a, a Delirium. Tremens? Yeah, yeah. Um, Here we go. From uh, drinking too much alcohol and feeling like shit the following day. I don't think I had delirium tremens, but I definitely... Um, you think it's bad now, Jack? Wait do you get older. It yeah. sucks even more. <laughs> like, like, the day after, like... Well, I'm too broke now, so I don't even really drink much anymore, but... Um, Drinking's overrated. Drinking... Definitely. <laughs> I was listening to this podcast. Uh, Joe Rogan was talking about how, like, the difference between like alcohol and marijuana is like basically like alcohol makes you into a really like blunt person like you know you have like super confidence you come off cocky yeah. but like people who smoke marijuana like tend to be more like introverted because they're more in touch with their feelings and it's weird if you think about it because people kind of like to do both together and it's like the bluntness it's like true. mixed and then that's why people like panic and like have like you know like oh my god what did I do like in 1998 or you know what I mean like it's true. But yeah, I've been really getting into Joe Rogan. He's, uh, his podcasts are so long. They're like three hours long. Oh, like, most of mine are like 45 minutes to an hour and stuff like yeah. that. But like, it's great because you could just like tune back in. But um, so uh, the painting and stuff like that, I mean... Oh, so wait. Yeah, you got featuring dream, uh, <laughs> dream recollection voice memos and drunken voicemails. Really? You got them in between? Yeah, they're sort of scattered like over I love of that. songs and That's between great. songs. But um, 
This is sort of... That's a smart way to, like, bring your friends into it. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. This is the first thing I've done in a long time where I played all the instrumentation, so I did want to, like, sort of find a way to incorporate other people, um, so it wasn't just some giant egotistical mm -hmm. pile of shit. Um, but, uh, and I had a lot of, like, funny voicemails, mm -hmm. and since this thing is, this, uh, it's so lo-fi and it's so, like, trashy sounding, mm -hmm. I felt it was appropriate to, like, have some, you know, drunken asshole rambling over it. You recorded so. on a, a Boss BR-800. Yeah, and I advise never to do, anyone listening, never record anything on a Boss BR-800. Why is that? Uh, it's just really trashy to work with and trying to make something, you know, quality. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to, like, you know, punch things in. Mm -hmm. if you're, I, I'm used to working with a click, mm -hmm. and I'm not a very good drummer. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I had to punch in a lot of drum parts, and it was pretty it was pretty traumatizing. So Jack White uh, said once that uh, he likes the struggle. He likes to record. He I've, likes I've, I've heard him say that. I've heard recordings of him saying that. Yeah, but it's probably not true, right? Because, I think, like, I think, I think he's full of shit. I, uh, <laughs> right? Like, so, I mean, like, if you listen to his last yeah. album, Lazaretta, there's, like, no way that that's, like, recorded in, like, you know, one take. No. But for or, a musician, I guess, like, sometimes, I mean, for me, like, I feel as if, like, if I'm recording my bass, like, if I know I got it in one take, I shouldn't go back, you know? Like, That's I should, true. You know? Like, I just can't. Like, because then it's, like, you've already captured it, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, sometimes when you capture, you know, not just same thing with, like, if you're filming a movie or something like that, if you catch somebody in the right, you know, scene. But it's true. I feel like when you have the luxury of going back, I tend not to do it as much, mm -hmm. just because I know I'm, I'm more relaxed about, you know, doing my takes. Mm -hmm. um, when, I, when it's like, you know, you're tracking on tape or on the boss, it's mm -hmm. just like, I can't fuck this up, and mm -hmm. then I end up fucking up, so. Yeah, it's, where it's really weird yeah. how that happens. You get all nervous, you're like, here it comes, here it comes, and then, like, you're counting completely. Like, for me, like, sometimes, like, one, two, three, four becomes, like, one, two, yeah. three and a half, four, <laughs> you know, like, True. all over the place. And, you know, granted, I mean, if I had access to like an actual you know real to real studio i do have some real to reels but they're pretty trash you know, the first but time i ever recorded years ago when i was actually your age was what was on real to real and still mm. my favorite recording of my old band yeah i mean if i had access and you know the budget to do it right on tape i would sounds so good but i mean with limited resources it's like i might as well just you know mm -hmm. stick to using my laptop the, the sound of the real to real producers that was just i mean it's flawless as compared to like you know like digital even this is recorded digitally but like I don't even know if there's anybody out there in the country that records podcasts, podcasts on, real real on tape. Podcasts on I tape. I record all my podcasts on wax <laughs> cylinder. Yeah, uh, I put it right to AC8. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no big deal, you know. But, um, yeah, that sound was just so crisp. Um, Richard Adams' fantastic album, excuse me, Richard Adams' fantastic 1972 novel, Watership Down. Tell me about that. Um, well, I started writing songs sort of, Mm, they're more personal, mm -hmm. but they're sort of like loosely paralleling uh, Watership Down. I sort of deviated from that idea, though, and just sort of wrote, you know, mm -hmm. random songs after a certain point. So I would say maybe, I don't know, five or six of the songs mm -hmm. have anything to do with Watership Down. Um, at the time when I started the project, I was really into the book, and then I started reading other books and sort mm -hmm. of forgot about it. <laughs> and it doesn't have much meaning in the context of the album, but I just felt like including it, kind of, for people who hear the references, I feel like it wasn't fair. It was kind of like a copyright thing. It's like, I'm not True. plagiarizing anything from the book, but like, I don't know, if I make a reference to the book, I feel weird not having something mm -hmm. written about it, so. Yeah, I think that I think that's interesting for people. It's like, a, you know, I always love hearing the stories behind, you know, the songs and stuff like that. Speaking of which, off this album, Telescopes, we're going to listen to a track. Which one are we going to listen to today, Jack? 
from that I send? <laughs> I sound like a fucking idiot in your podcast. No, 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 it's fine. Yeah. I sound like an idiot because well, actually, I looked, but I didn't. I sent too. you. I sent you track four. So all right, this which is, is perfect, and that's the that's one I picked, the third picked. one. Okay, so. uh, the, on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jack Hubble playing Delirium Tremens. Back here with Jack. I um, previewed that uh, earlier in the week. I really love. Definitely has like you know that punk rock folk sound to it, and it has like a very, like their vocals really come through. When you record your vocals, do you do them like do you do a scratch track first? Do you do them post always? Um, no, I always do them after the fact. I always mm-hmm. overdub them. But mm-hmm. um, how do you like to do your vocals? Uh, it depends on the project, kind mm-hmm. of. I guess. I do just you a fan of doubling? 
I'm, I'm a big fan of doubling. Right. I'm actually recently trying to get away from doublings. I've been doubling, like, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Why do you like, want to get away from it? Because uh, I've just been doing it. Uh, every recording I've done, I've mm-hmm. released, has had doubled vocals. You ever triple it? I have tripled. I've done quadruple. Yeah. But I'm a big too. fan of a lot of Tom York's vocals that are very, mm-hmm. like, quivery. They're kind of like, they waver in pitch a lot. Mm-hmm. And you can't really do that if you're doubling. If you're doubling, it has to be pretty straight pitch and pretty consistent. So how does he do it when he records um, them? A lot of his stuff sounds very just single track. He's like, ah, yeah. you know, ah, whatever he's doing. But and not, not to that extent. But I'd like to do more sort of slides mm-hmm. and vibratos and stuff that can stand out a bit more without being doubled. Mm-hmm. Um... And I mean, I use I can use ADT and stuff to mm-hmm. sort of I don't know get a little bit closer mm-hmm. to like the doubled sound. But um, I just got a new mic. I just got an RE20. Oh, nice. Um, That's really nice. I've been using a Shure like condenser, like a pretty cheap Shure condenser. Fifty-seven, right? On, sure. Um, no, it's a condenser. It's a KSM something. Mm-hmm. Someone like lent it to me like five years ago, mm-hmm. and I just haven't. They haven't asked for it back, so Not I guess it's it. mine. But, they uh, know you're curating. Um, so that, the Shure's on this entire album, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, I just got an RE20, so my future recordings might have a very different vocal sound as a result, or it might sound exactly the so same. So what month did this but album come out? I released that in July, I think. And where can people, uh, listen to the podcast right now, listen to it, or purchase uh, it? It's on Bandcamp, it's on Spotify, mm-hmm. I think you can purchase it on, like, Amazon and stuff, but I'd recommend purchasing it on, a uh, Bandcamp, because that goes directly to me, if you do mm-hmm. it on iTunes or anything else, I, I'll never see money in my life, yeah. probably, so. <laughs> it's hard to make, uh, money as a musician, like, through those conglomerates anymore, because you don't really know where the money's going, you know? It's it's screwed up. I mean, Bandcamp is definitely the best uh, platform. Bandcamp isn't. I I read something that. Um, what's the other one? I've got Dad Brain again. Uh, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah, SoundCloud yeah. is like going out of business, right? I think that's a myth, but I'm not sure. Right, because um, like they were saying, like that's it. We've only got 48 hours left in bandwidth, and we're out. Like, and then all yeah. of a sudden. Uh, now they're still there. I mean, I have I have a SoundCloud account, but I mean, I I, I don't really use it much. I have one because you have to have everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Twitter. It's like I'm still figuring out how to use Twitter. <laughs> it is. Why do Why do you think it is that we have to have everything in today's world? That's ridiculous. Why can't I, there just be one thing? Like somebody texted me the other day. Bob, is your is your podcast on? Uh, I don't know. One of the other ones. I'm on Podbean. I'm on iTunes. But like, I I downloaded the app, put my name in it. I'm not there. Hmm. Like why? You know, it's interesting you bring that up. Um, I do think that people have that mentality that you have to have your stuff sort of scattered on every platform available. But since I'm an old man and I suck, I don't really know how to use Twitter. I'm talking about tweet, old man, dude. I'm an old man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I've really focused on Facebook since it's the only one I know how to like really use correctly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I feel um, as if Facebook is the one. Facebook is like, it's like the, it's the spinal cord. Snapchat True. is like you know. I don't even have a snap. Collar, Twitter's the you know the hand. Snapchat message. seems like it was like designed for dick pics and like it I was. can't see any use besides. Originally, that, it so was. I just don't have one. I'm sure it was. It and was. then like they realized like oh we're attracting now a new audience. Let's put some filters <laughs> in there that are cute and people can make duck faces all I day hate long. The fucking filters, Jesus, I I can't deal with that. I can't have a Snapchat. That's the one I. But there's so many use, things that people have to like check through. Like, what's it going to be like? Instagram's twenty twenty five, twenty thirty. Like, how, like, w- will there ever be? I think what I'm getting at is a universal app which controls all of them. That's interesting. And they would never make any money though. People wouldn't be able to make any money that way. True. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of already happening. I mean, Google's you know bought YouTube. 
Amazon so, bought Whole Foods. Yeah, they're all yeah, buying each things other. Things are all buying each other, so it's going to get narrowed down. It's like record labels. Like, there yeah. used to be so many um, American, especially record labels, and now there's like what three major labels? There's three, three or four major like, ones, and then there's a lot of like subsidiaries of the mall. I mean, yeah, but yeah. it just they they didn't. You know what it was? I think. Did you watch the Defiant ones? No. If you get a chance, if you have HBO over there at the Fed House, I highly recommend we it. We might. I don't. It's it's basically. It has to do with a lot, but one of the things they touch upon is the fact that the music industry wasn't prepared for the streaming. It wasn't prepared for, like, the Napsters and the iTunes and everything, so, like, they mm-hmm. fought it. And if they didn't fight it, and instead they tried to embrace it mm-hmm. in those three to four years where they were just bitching and moaning and dragging their feet through the mud, perhaps maybe it wouldn't have been so difficult for artists to get their music out there, you know? Because, like... They, they fought it for so long, you know, if they would have just coupled with the technology then, you know, and just been like, because like right now, like, I mean, Netflix is killing it, obviously, and Disney just caught wind of it, and Disney's like, look, we're out. Disney's going to pull out in 2018, 2019. I think they're going to keep some of the stuff, like, for Netflix, but all Disney content, like cartoons, all Disney stuff is now going to have its own, like, Disney XD, like, oh, Netflix wow. streaming service. So, you know, people were, like, realizing, you know, they can make money off the same type of uh, technologies. But I often wonder, like, what would have happened if music was able to just, like, not fight it, you know? Like, not see um, Lars from Metallica at the, the steps of that courtroom, like, yeah, man, man, you know, like... I don't know if the music industry really speaks for the interest of the artists, though. Because mm-hmm. they've historically always just kind of fucked everyone over. For money. So, yeah. if anything, I'm, I'm really enjoying the collapse of the music industry. Mm-hmm. Because, frankly, I can make a better percentage on Bandcamp than I would ever make through a major label. Yeah, it's true. I mean, yeah. a lot of times, you know, look at, you know, uh, Badfinger, for example, mm-hmm. where they were fronted a lot of money. They didn't realize that that money was going to come out of their sales and their tourings. So they mm-hmm. got fronted a bunch of money. They recorded with Jeff Emmerich and made a bunch of great records, and then they were still in debt. They, they had the know. 180 deal, right? Yeah. Where just, you know, even yeah. Like your shirts and your, your merchandise, like, that's just ridiculous. They, just, really. they were fucked out a bunch of money. They owed something crazy, uh, especially for the time. I mean, now the number looks crazy, but, I mean, the 60s, yeah, it was Free absurd. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so they killed themselves, and it's like, Christ. I mean, that happens all the time, so... It does. It does, unfortunately. But, I, don't, I mean... I don't know. It's interesting. I think I think the problem with the internet age is definitely that there's an oversaturation. I think that there are a lot more, I guess, like hobbyists. Mm-hmm. There are a lot more people who just make music for fun, and then there's just a lot of stuff. There's a lot it's of stuff much, up. Yeah. There are a lot of SoundCloud rappers, and I'm not dissing anyone. I think everyone should make music. Mm-hmm. But whereas traditionally you go to a record store to buy your albums, and the only music you're really gonna you know pick up is stuff that's actually been published, mm-hmm. that's been printed on the vinyl. And now it's a lot of fragments of things, and mm. it's just a lot of SoundCloud rappers, and you have to sift through to like find what you're into and find what's you know mm-hmm. what you want to pay money for, kind of thing. But I don't think that the platform is really harmful to musicians. And mm-hmm. There are a lot of people, especially recently, a lot of indie artists who have sort of made a name for themselves like from Bandcamp, which I think is really yeah, there's cool. There's one rapper I think that um, he's the only streaming rapper. He has actually no physical copies out. Jay f- or um, Dad Brain. Ever since I had a kid, I just can't remember. Dad shit. Brain, that's a good album or band or song. Title. Dad Brain, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be a good band. Dad oh, Brain, yeah. like a bunch of dads together, like playing like nonstop <laughs> punk rock, like you know, like to drown out the noise of their young son or daughter just screaming that, through well, the middle of the night. It's funny that yeah, now dad rock is basically punk, I guess, in a lot of ways. Really, you know, I mean, punk rock. I mean, I can I could do like a whole series of podcasts yeah. on punk rock, but I mean, lately I've been reading a lot every. 
every three to four years, I always dive back into obsessions of mine from when I was a kid. And one of them was the Sex Pistols. And the fact, mm. if you've never listened to the Sex Pistols out there, I highly recommend it. The thing that's so cool about the Sex Pistols is they only had one album. Yeah. They only had one album in 1976, and they made their mark in the world. When you see, you, you, you'll see that T-shirt where it says, Never Mind the Bollocks. Yeah, duh. People will, some people have no idea what the hell that oh. is, but they recognize that. <laughs> well, it's know? hilarious that this segued into Sex Pistols because that's my dad's favorite album. Oh, cool. That's his favorite band. Which it's is, one of my favorites, yeah. I it's, it's one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's so, I'm, it's, I'm a huge John Lydon mm, fan. I me love too. Uh, Public really, Image. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Pills pretty dope. And they're still putting out music, which is hilarious. I know, and I went to go. They came here recently, and I couldn't because it was like a Tuesday night, and I had something to do where I was working. But um, the Sex Pistols, you know, the thing is so cool about them, even all these years later, is just that they were just on their own terms. Yeah. And, like, granted, they had Malcolm McLaren, who was their manager. Yeah, a lot, of people, like, a lot of people shit on them. It's kind of hip to shit on them because they were, I guess, way more corporate mm-hmm. than a lot of the punk that followed. So Yeah, but even hard, when they, but I mean, when they did sign with, I mean... EMI they, dropped they, they, them. EMI, yeah, EMI dropped them. They wrote a song about them. It's on the album. They're like, yeah. EMI. Yeah. You said it was a crime or something. You know, and like, <laughs> it's, it's pretty tight. Yeah. But like, the thing that's crazy, what I'm reading great. right now is that like the Sex Pistols, they blew up over there. And American culture has always been influenced by anything that happens across the pond. And their manager, Malcolm, decided instead of to take the Sex Pistols to like, you know, Madison Square Garden, like Michigan, you know, like all the major markets. They did a tour of the, the Southwest, right? Of, uh, just, just, like just they the plane start, it started like I, I it so started, I've seen footage in like Texas, and, and people are throwing bottles. Yeah, and that's shit. what I'm reading about right now, and it's just like this like tour where they're just like traveling through, like you know, like the places like they literally are in cowboy country, and people are yeah. throwing bottles at well, them, uh, spit, and then like Sid's just completely livid, like oh, over God. like smashing bottles on himself, spitting blood into Cutting the audience. Himself open, yeah. Um, well, Malcolm was notorious for that because New York Dolls did a whole tour where they had, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, communist shit everywhere. He liked they to push like the buttons. The, you know, mm-hmm. hammer and sickle behind them on stage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, like, the, you know, early 70s when that was still a thing. Before think, the internet. now that would go over well. I think now people would be hip to that. Most people are pretty much they would be, now, They'd be down with it, yeah. But, I mean, I, the way that they did things, I mean, like, you know, like, I read that, like, you know, they were so notorious at that point that, like, when they would leave a town on their tour bus, they would have ABC, NBC, CBS, everyone of the news vans following them because they wanted to see what happened next. But, like, yeah. you know, the thing that's crazy is, like, you know, the, the Sex Pistols come out in 76, and then Nirvana comes out, like, you know, with Bleach in 89, and, like, you know, the two are, like, you know, worlds apart, but there's always the comparisons and stuff like that. But, like, the essence of, like, what punk rock, was and I guess is you know like I'm still trying to figure out like what is well, punk up, rock today I grew up close to DC so I was really exposed to like the DC mm-hmm. like punk scene um, so my dad listens Minor to Minor Threat and stuff like you know, that my dad's a big Bad Brains fan Bad Brains I yeah. think they're probably my favorite DC punk band but it's hard to say mm-hmm. I do like Fugazi a lot um, yeah. they're up there um, so I grew up with all that stuff so even though now I guess even though I play you know folky mm-hmm. you know whatever you want to call it white hipster music or whatever mm-hmm. I guess there is still sort of a punk element, mm-hmm. and I guess it's cool. I, people still like mention it sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool that it's you know, I guess audible in my music. Yeah, that, I think so. that I, I hear it in there without a doubt. I also, I mean, it's fun to dissect like the musicology of like what influences certain people, mm-hmm. and like you know, like I love reading stories like that. But um, but I mean, punk is also it can be a style, it can be an attitude. It doesn't really have to be. You know, exclusive. I think that mm-hmm. a lot of times the punk scenes and just scenes in general mm-hmm. become very exclusive, and they have you know 
they have rules for mm-hmm. the kind of music and you know you can make and you know style and everything and um, yeah. But I do think punk is an idea. You know, Velvet Underground was punk yeah. in the sixties. You know, even so. the Pizza Underground, Macaulay Culkin's band. <laughs> is, it, is it like a? <laughs> I would be interested in seeing them. I don't know if they're still but, playing, but I like I, I remember reading about it in Rolling Stone Pizza stuff and being like, morning, yeah, yeah. yeah, and just being like, holy shit, like they're. Macaulay's doing this. This is a thing. This exists. See, that's the thing too. Is like now music. Like you know, sometimes like I guess when you when you go viral or whatever like that, there's always like a gimmick or something along the lines like that. Like I guess it's Gangnam Style sad, when that came out. Yeah, like you know, what I mean, like it's it, true. And and the thing that sucks too is like it's just like you know, like you came over here today and you brought me two albums, two albums that I can listen to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people just only consume one song at a time and they listen to it over and over again yeah. one thing I am guilty of that I just figured this out about myself is like I will listen to an, an, an album comes out I will listen to it so much that I just kill it for myself like two weeks later I can't listen to it like I hmm. Arcade Fire's album came out I, I guess a couple weeks ago I listened to it every day really I exercised to it I you know I, I wasn't just, I, I couldn't get into the new Arcade Fire album to be honest a lot of me. people couldn't a lot of people uh, couldn't on Spin but I mean yeah. um, Spin ripped them apart but like when I like, I guess I wait so much for like one of my favorite artists to come out that I'll just listen to it on like repeat. You know what I mean? Like, well, if I'm a big enough fan of somebody, I'll just listen to anything mm-hmm. they put out As, on, on a certain mm-hmm. level. If if I like someone enough, but true. Yeah, I guess. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. The gimmick thing you mentioned is really interesting because you you brought up my videos earlier, and my videos are just out of necessity because mm-hmm. I don't have the budget. I yeah, and mm-hmm. I and I'm sorry if anyone listening is triggered by this but I, I can't stand the traditional music video mm-hmm. especially when it's done uh, on a DIY level mm-hmm. um, oh, the lawnmower man's here oh nice uh, it's not my guy it's across the street I should go out there and fire these guys right now <laughs> sorry ladies and gentlemen we're just gonna have to deal with the background noise it's fine it'll be a lo-fi like my albums mm-hmm. um, uh, but no I hate like you know like the band plays in like uh, a room and then there's like a boy and a girl situation especially when it's done on like a shoestring budget mm-hmm. so it's like I'll just film myself on a webcam and it'll be trash but surprisingly people respond people to that respond and to I didn't it. expect that mm-hmm. I just kind of made some really shitty videos for I think fun as like a joke mm-hmm. and then people actually paid attention to them so I think it, it, I learned a lot in the last year just from doing shitty ass videos like people respond no, I think they're to good, Jack. I a think certain good well I appreciate that mm-hmm. I mean they're a joke they're definitely a meme but I think that people respond to memes over anything that's serious, but you can still, I don't know, you can still sugarcoat it, but you can still, you know, make a serious song and a mm-hmm. serious attempt at recording, and people will still notice that your I music think that's is important. serious yeah. to some degree. I just wish people, people would just listen to it the old-fashioned way, you know? It's like, yeah. I, I don't know like what type of movement I could, like, create to have people, like, you know, like, the, the strange thing is, like, you know, like, I'll post, like, a podcast, maybe sometimes get a handful of likes, sometimes maybe get very few likes. But then I'll check the, you know, the analysis of it, and I can see there's a couple hundred people listening. I'm like, why aren't you liking yeah. this? Like, why, you know, and the like, same thing with music, like with, uh, like, Pacadao. Like, we would put out songs, and, like, you know, like, it'd just be, like, a blank canvas of, like, you know, like, you know, like, you go down on stage and you finish a song, and people are like, yeah. you know what I mean? No clapping, you know? But it's then it's like, then, like, like, there was this thing with Pacadao. Like, I'm in two bands. I'm in Judah Kim and Assassination. I'm in Pacadao. So, like... I just didn't play with Pacquiao at the last Top of the World thing. Everyone starts asking me questions. Are you guys broken up? What's going on? Like paying attention to the band all of a sudden. I'm just like, <laughs> I got to run with this. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like we yeah. even thought about like coming out with like a you know a diss track on one another or whatever. But like, it's just the it's way that people consume it is so much different than you know, like I guess like when I was a kid, like all of my influence came from like going to like a department store called Clover. 
and going into the music section section and mm-hmm. like seeing like the CDs came out in these long like plastic like you know it was like a, like almost yeah. like yeah like so it was like a, and I remember like looking at posters and then like the feeling of like not knowing when something's coming out like True. I miss that so much I want that back I so really now. do like the aesthetic of albums sometimes mm-hmm. like because I, I grew up with CDs and taking mm-hmm. out the CD sleeve like you just said like in, and reading it having like, the sleeve of the image and mm-hmm. the aesthetic of the album is big um, so it is kind of a shame that that's lost um, I do think that physical merch has in a way made a comeback it's kind it, of weird yeah. I think it dipped I think that I mean granted you have a lot of like you know white hipster girls who buy vinyls and don't have a record player and that's still a yeah. thing that culture exists mm-hmm. but at the same time I mean people are buying vinyls people are buying cassettes and stuff because people have their grandpa's car like mm-hmm. myself and they listen to cassettes so in a way physical merch has actually made a comeback and mm-hmm. I feel like if people like your music enough they're willing to pay for a vinyl or something mm-hmm. um, just because physical merch isn't the only means to listen to your music mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't exist anymore um, but it does definitely change the game. It yeah. makes gimmicks, unfortunately, a little bit more... Not even gimmicks more important, but um, uh, like a story. I feel like people are more interested in the story behind the album mm-hmm. than like the album yeah. itself sometimes. That's where the first so. thing I saw in the back of your album. I saw, like, you know, like, love the idea of the voice memos and stuff like that. But, yeah, like, merch, like, coming alive. I think the Arcade mm-hmm. Fire, like, put out their album, everything now, on the fidget spinner USB for 120 bucks. Like, talk about gimmick. That's weird. I know, That's but cool. they, people bought them. Dave does that. Dave, uh, well, he's on, he has a collective, mm-hmm. and he's on, like, Desktop, his mm-hmm. label, and they do, like, USB releases. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. I think I want to do that in the future. Yeah. Because um, then I can have, you know, images and videos and yeah. all sorts of things. And they're relatively the cheap to produce. I looked into it. Yeah. It's, it's not that, I mean, it's still expensive, but, like, you don't have to, like, pull as much, but definitely interesting and like I can't imagine what it would be like 25 you know 30 years in the future like what will that look like you know what I mean? we have like, what will, will we, we have USB in the future like <laughs> I think we'll just have it in our brains yeah. you just like have program like music and you just be like sex pistols like God save the queen Terrifying. You know what I mean? Watch but porn on the bus. It'll make a yeah and nobody <laughs> would know nobody would know the, the, the wiser they'd yeah. just be like walking around like what why does the guy have a fucking boner I don't understand but um yeah I, I love I, like one thing I, I enjoyed the most about this job is I get to have people come oh. on the show. Okay, Google, stop. You have robots Sorry, in your house too. I got a robot. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's warning me. I, got, I have a conference call. But um, what I was saying was like you know the show it gives me the opportunity to like you know expose new music, expose new artists to you know a relatively close you know knit bunch of um, friends of mine community on the internet and stuff like that and like I definitely think that you've got something um, I'm blown away by the fact you're only 22 years old like you you got like you know it sounds like you've been doing this for like, a lifetime so oh, I think it'll register with an audience um, is there any shows coming up that you want to plug or um, I'm playing the 25th at Pharmacy I'm playing a mm-hmm. solo set actually mm-hmm. um, my band we didn't coordinate very well it was my fault I didn't coordinate very well with my band members mm-hmm. and um so I'm doing like a solo set. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, I don't have much booked. I'm actually taking a bit of a break from shows because mm-hmm. I feel like I need to focus on the art. Yeah, we'll, focus we'll bring on you recording. For the next and, yeah. Top top of the world, you know, so a ways ways away, but still we're gonna have you up there definitely. It's an, it's important to focus on the music. I mean, look at all this like all these songs. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like it's an interesting thing, you know. And I think you should still make the videos too. Okay. The webcam. Do them no matter what. The webcam one, I love that idea. <laughs> Punk rock to the fullest degree but before we uh, blow everybody away here with all these 
lawnmower noises and stuff like that. I just want to say thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, of course. Man. Appreciate it. Um, definitely check out his music. Check him out on Bandcap. Thank you, uh, Mr. Jack Hubble. Um, the new album is Telescopes. And this has been another episode of Bobcast. Bobcast. <laughs>